It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, time for... uh... Do we need a snow day? I think we've had plenty of snow days. <laughs> I've, almost, I've almost felt guilty about this uh, every time we spin the hits It's here your on... fault. Well, n- no, you're the one we should be um, thanking. Yes. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take credit for the water when uh, it all comes down safely. Not until. Uh, we're going to talk about snow, but not in Utah. These pictures that we've been getting from California and some of the reports of uh, the snowfall in the Sierras has just been staggering. And you suggested that we reach out to the executive director of Mammoth Lakes Tourism, uh, John Erty. He's on the phone with us now. Yeah, I, I met John years ago. I think, uh, John, I think it was up at Grand Targhee, wasn't it? That's correct. Uh, these pictures, and Bob just found some more, but the one that I shared on our uh, Facebook page, which is KSL Outdoors Radio, make sure you put radio on there and not show, uh, you'll get Adam Eagle's program, which is not a bad thing, but you'll wonder what we're talking about here. Uh, the picture that I had had uh, some of your lift chairs that were actually buried in the snow. That's a little bit of a challenge when you want to get people up on the mountain, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The mountain has done a fantastic job this whole winter. You know, to put it into perspective, the base of the mountain has recorded 618 inches so far this year. We have another storm coming in Tuesday that will probably drop another four feet plus, and then another storm the following Tuesday that will probably drop the same amount. So the record is 668 at the base, and they'll they'll surely exceed that. And the summit right now is, is over 65 feet. It's 784 inches recorded up the top. So it's um, it's been a constant uh, workload for the the mountain crew to get out there and dig out the dig out the lifts and you know at this point when you get on a lot of the lifts you're actually coming out of a snow tunnel by the time you actually get to see daylight so it's um, it's been a constant battle uh, we've been just in this storm cycle really since uh, before Christmas and it's hasn't let up much. You know, we average between five and 600 here in Utah, so that doesn't sound like a lot to, to people that may be listening here. But in this, you guys are just not used to this kind of stuff, and the way it's come in, I think, has been the problem, right? Yeah, we actually are fairly used to it. The mountain the mountain does average quite a bit here in, in the Sierra. And the summit of the mountain is 11,000 feet, so we get quite a bit more than Tahoe as well. And so it's been, um, it's been tough because it's been so constant. You know, and usually you'll get big storms and— you know, it's not unusual for us to have a storm that drops, you know, 10 feet of snow over a few days, but then we usually have time to clean up. Here we've just literally had 24 to 48 hours like this current break. Um, you know, we just came out of the storm on, on Tuesday, and yesterday was surprisingly sunny. Today is sunny, and then it's going to start snowing again tomorrow night with the big snow coming Tuesday and Wednesday. So there just hasn't been the break to recover. Uh, the town has done a great job of keeping the roads plowed, but a lot of times it's a one-lane road. And so they've gone through and they've got the massive blowers like you have there. And, you know, my road now is two lanes wide and they've done a great job of keeping up with it. But just like everywhere else, we're short staffed and it just keeps coming. And so when they're working 12 hour shifts to try and clean up, it's just you clean up and it automatically gets refilled. Yeah, John, I was going to ask you, is it these um, atmospheric rivers that are 
primarily responsible for dumping all the, the snow that you're getting? We've been reading about them and hearing about them coming in yeah. across your mountain ranges there. Yeah, it's definitely the, the atmospheric rivers, when they, when they throw that uh, term out, we know that we're in for a crazy ride. That's when I tell my team to work from home. That's when my cars go in the garage and they don't come out until the storm's over. And it's pretty much a batten down the hatchet situation. You know, normal storms that come through, like even even this weekend, is uh, pretty mellow. But then they're talking about atmospheric river for next Tuesday and again the following Tuesday. And it's just this complete path coming in from the Pacific. And it's just unrelenting. And that's the hardest part. Again, it just keeps coming and coming and coming. So I'll be very honest. Yesterday when the sun came out, I almost cried. <laughs> it, was just, it was just such a relief because, you know, between shoveling roofs and shoveling uh, decks and, and, you know, the plow guy is doing as well as they can in your driveway, but you, you've got a 25-foot uh, pile of snow, there's not a lot of places you can you can put snow. Yeah. Uh, how is the infrastructure handling it? I'm looking at pictures of what I'm guessing is lodging there. Maybe it's a private residence. I don't know. But the, there's a, a van or a SUV or something that's parked, and the snow pile on either side of it is probably twice as high as the vehicle. Uh, how do you keep the infrastructure safe through all of this? Yeah, you know, it's been it's been pretty challenging. Um, you know, up until this last storm, the, the snow has been fairly dry. You know, I think there's a, a fair bit of a misconception for us here in, in the eastern Sierra, at least where we are, that we get the Sierra cement. And it's been very dry snow up until this last storm that was uh, thankfully still all snow, but, but really borderline rain. And the challenge there is that the, that heavy, wet snow, once it gets onto roofs, becomes a problem. And we have had you know, we have had a number of uh, different structures in town that have been compromised. Thankfully, no one's been hurt. Uh, you know, a little bit of property damage and, and some challenges there. But, you know, the infrastructure itself is, for the most part, anything that's, um, you know, built in the last 20-plus years is going to be able to handle the, the snow loads. Um, and, and, again, the roads have been challenging. We've got uh, 225 National Guard here um, that came in as part of the state of emergency just to help us get roads wider and to move some of the, the piles of snow so that we have places to put the next storm. That's been the biggest challenge <laughs> mm. is, that, is that you need to you need to clear out uh, an area so that the next storm comes in, you actually have a place to put snow. And uh, we have trucks, dump trucks, constantly going 24-7 with loaders, uh, dragging the snow out into the fields and just, and just building massive, massive, massive piles of snow that will probably, honestly, not melt over the summer because they're going to be that massive. And they'll probably be there all year. Yeah, John, how has this affected your um, ski season? Is it too much of a good thing? It is too much of a good thing because of the timing. You know, a lot of it has come during the holiday periods, and a lot of it has come during the uh, the peak visitation. So, you know, we really started getting to the point where it was almost too much at MLK weekend back in January. And I think we lost some some travelers there. And then March is typically a big month for spring breaks. And, you know, between the mountain not being able to open because of literally too much snow, uh, or at least not open the full operation. And we've also had massive issues with highway closure. This year, I've been here now for almost 13 years. And the snow, the storm that we had a few weeks ago, the snow went all the way down to Mexico. So the entire state of California, if you look, I think somebody made the quote that, no matter where you stood in the state of California a couple of weeks ago, you would see snow. Yeah, the Hollywood sign had like, a little dusting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, in places like Mount Baldy and, and some of those down south that, you know, typically struggle to get snow had 100 inches fall. 
And so the problem was it wasn't just our infrastructure. It was infrastructure all the way down our main corridor, you know, Route 395, which is honestly from from Mammoth Lakes to L.A. is two turns, and it's five hours. Um, And normally you would leave Mammoth and get on to 395, and within 10, 15 minutes at the most you'd be out of snow. And a couple of weeks ago, it was two, three hours that you were still driving in snow. So, wow. you know, major problems with, with trucking, and, you know, it's a, it's a big route. And so, we, we, in fact, we have the, the highway north of us is still closed from two weeks ago where we had some massive avalanches come down a burn scar and knock out the road. But it took down trees and rocks, and it took down um, metal poles and netting that were set up to mitigate any rock falls. And so you can't just go through and, and run the blower through this literally this half mile, 30 to 40 foot deep avalanche path because you have rocks and trees and, and metal all through it. So they're they're going through it slowly. But again, the problem is they start working, then it starts snowing and they have to move and then more avalanches <sighs> come down. Then they have to go back and kind of clean up what they were able to do. And then it's it's probably still a few weeks away before we get access to the north. Um, I had to drive up to Reno the other day, and Reno's normally a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and it was it was almost six because I had to go south, and then I had to go out into Nevada and wow. come back up and over. So what a frustration! Uh, access is limited. Yeah, you pr- <laughs> if you're in this if you're in the snow business, you pray for the stuff because you want people to come and play. Uh, but when you can't mm-hmm. access the resort or get on the mountain, even if you get there because you got to dig the <laughs> the lift chairs out, yeah. Wow, you guys! Uh, I've only got a minute, about a minute here. Uh, I notice I'm I'm an icon uh, holder, and I notice uh, Mammoth Mountain is on the icon, right? Yes. Um, that if people and people are buying their uh, season passes for next year, believe it or not, right now, if they buy a season yep. pass for next year, they can actually get on your mountain beginning April 10th. How long are you going to have a spring season this year? Do you know? Um, I would not be surprised if you've got four months after the April 10th. Uh, last time, 2017, when we had roughly the same amount of snow, although this is actually more, we skied until until August 8th. You think you'll be skiing in August? And- <laughs> there's a good chance you know it's really it's up to the mountain um you know fourth of july is always the goal and uh typically we get to fourth of july and it's a it's a little thin but uh, again 2017 we went till august 8th the last day i skied that year was august 6th and the top of the mountain was still wide wall to wall i don't think you'll have a problem Crazy. this year with july 4th well <laughs> i don't think so i don't think so and then you'll get a couple of months break and it'll be right back on you again which uh, maybe you won't have to create a base you'll have a base left over from the season there's before a, there's a good chance that is crazy stuff uh john i appreciate it thanks for uh, spending a few minutes with us here from mammoth lakes we'll uh, take a quick break when we come back we'll finish out the program roger Egan will join us from bear river lodge so stay right there Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Final couple of minutes of the program uh, and week in and week out, we remind you that uh, KSL Outdoors Radio is sponsored by 
Tracks Power Sports Rentals and also uh, the cabins at Bear River Lodge. Roger Agate joins us every week. He's on with me now. Sound a little exhausted, to be honest with you. You've had, you've had a long winter just like everybody else, but unlike everybody else, when they get stuck, you're the guy that has to come do the rescue. Doing this morning already. It's Friday morning here, and uh, we already had to go get two wreck sleds off the mountain and... Uh, just winter has been a big winter, and yeah. there is so much snow, Tim. Just so much. Well, by the way, not done yet. It looks like the forecast next Tuesday, Wednesday, has uh, another round of it coming. So don't be surprised if you, if you find some more to shovel. Well, we have nowhere to put it. I When I was in our parking lot this morning, we have stacks of snow that are at least 12 feet high. Mm. And, you know, for us, that's... We don't have a huge parking lot to begin with, but there's a lot of snow. But I think uh, it's been a long winter. You know, I saw something cool this morning, though. The elk are moving around. I don't know. You've seen all the TV reports, but this morning I saw an elk walking just off the highway, and one of the antlers was hanging down in front of its face. It started to drop the antler, but it (laughs) won't just fall off, I thought. That's how I feel, walking around like that elk. He has one antler down, and it's like, oh, come on. You're talking about all the snow that's piling up. Uh, we had an interview last hour with um, uh, the folks at Mammoth Mountain, and they're having to move snow, obviously, out of the, f- from the front of the infrastructure so you can access buildings, but also the roads getting through the resort. And they're piling it up in fields and in parking lots and things. Uh, they believe that snow's still going to be there when the next se- uh, ski season starts sometime in the fall. Man, that that is incredible. You know, and I, you know, the forest is a wonderful place to visit. But we will have remnants of this winter. You're right through most of the summer, I believe. Yeah. Well, uh, the wildflowers are going to be spectacular in some of those meadows up there. I know that's something you look forward to. Yeah. So by Whitney Reservoir, the wildflowers are beautiful, and I'm sure they're going to have a lot of water this year. It's just going to be awesome. It'll be a wonderful summer. It yeah. just needs to get here. Well, April all around is a great month just to get away and and relax, and you've got the perfect spot to do it up there, and maybe even taking in uh, the view of some of those elk as they wander through. Yeah, the elk start to come back, the moose start to come back, and we're going to run a special for April that if anyone wants to just come relax, get up to the mountain, come spend a night, get the second night half off, third night half off, so pay full rate one night, all additional nights half off. And if you want to, you know, snowmobile, you can go out and snowmobile if you want. But the more fun, go out in one of those heated defenders. I was in one this morning. They are so wonderful. We had, I had two of my little grandkids with me and their parents and Jamie. So six of us were in the defender going through the forest already this morning. And it was heated. It was wonderful. So come take a ride. Enjoy the outdoors and come get everything at half off after the first night. Well, so that'll be fun. Yeah, and by the way, people may be saying, I just don't have all the vacation time to do it right now. I'm telling you that you can, it's so close to home here along the Wasatch Front that you can feel like you have uh, gotten away on a week long or a 10 day uh, vacation by just going because you take care of all of the hassles on your end, beginning to end, even cleanup. Yeah, don't worry about anything. Come show up on a Friday night, stay in one of the cabins, bring your partner, bring your family, bring your grandkids, whatever the size. We have the two the two person cabins to the twenty two person cabins. So whatever your size, come enjoy. April's a wonderful time. The sun starts coming out, you can relax, the river starts flowing. It's just a fun time to just relax. Not 
you know, you probably won't go climb the highest mountain on a snowmobile or do any of that, but just come relax and enjoy the outdoors. Has the grill been open all winter? It oh, has. Oh, the grill, yes. Yes, the grill's been open all winter. It's open today, and the burgers are awesome. The pancakes are awesome. Yeah, the grill's open. And you know what? I gave ice cream to my grandkids in the snow yesterday, so the <laughs> ice cream machine's even going. Yeah, it always tastes just as good. All right, so not only are you going to take care of the cleaning after we get done playing at the uh, at the cabin, but you're going to feed us breakfast and dinner? That sounds like a bargain. Whatever you want, we'll take care of you. You just come relax and have fun, and we'll take, we'll take care of all the details. It's the cabins at Bear River Lodge. Give them the website. BearRiverLodge.com. Check it out and come enjoy the outdoors. By the way, your antler's hanging uh, to, the, to, the, to the center. Oh, that's a thing only a friend would tell you, right? <laughs> My antler's been hanging for a while. <laughs> All right. Uh, go treat yourself to something. Maybe that ice cream you gave your grandkids. And thanks for checking in this week. Take care, Tim. We'll talk to you next week. All right, my buddy Roger uh, from Bear River Lodge. That's going to do it for this week's program. Don't go anywhere. The uh, Greenhouse Show is coming up. They've been at it all winter long, too. And it's been a long one for uh, many. So, Tan and Maria, up next, they're with you till 11 this morning here on KSL News Radio. I'll be back with you Monday morning, starting at 5 with Utah's Morning News. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.